Hello and welcome to Quiz Time India, your very own Desi Quizzing podcast. And this is your host and quiz master Aditya. In the week gone by, Nike released an eye-grabbing ad, Mars 2020 Perseverance mission lifted off from the Kennedy Space Center. And most importantly, we have an intro music. Yeah, the one that you're listening to right now. Intro music, OST, background score, call it whatever you want. we have it the track is called oh damn oh damn is by multi talented angelique jacquet she says she is contemplating putting out an album soon and dear listeners you heard it here so yeah look out for her work now is the time for some quizzing first up is last week's audience question last week's guest was sandesh rai and here is sandesh rai's question So my question for the audience is on June 23rd 1927 the Bombay Presidency Radio Club started broadcasting over India Airways. Uh this was the start of radio in India. It was later taken over by the government which led to the eventual formation of All India Radio. Since 1956 it is known by a popular name which literally describes what this service is in Sanskrit. Please tell me what the name I am looking for. And the answer to Sandesh's question was Akash Vani. And among all the people who got it right, Yogesh Prabhu is the one who will be picking up a sweet prize. Your book will be on its way, Yogesh. And if you would like to win a prize like Yogesh, all you have to do is to wait for the audience question at the end of this week's episode and send in your answers to @quiztimeindia on Instagram. You can also reach out to us at @podcaststudio41 on Twitter and Instagram and Studio41 on Facebook. Now, for this week's quiz. This week's guest is Omkar. Omkar is from Pune and he works at Choose to Think. That is with a Q. He has been quizzing for 8 years and his areas of interest are food, cooking, science, tech and Indian classical music. Before we go on to the episode allow me a moment to tell you that there are moments of pure quizzing in this episode Omkar was able to crack a business question a question about business rivalries by using a childhood lullaby yeah it is that bizarre and it is that awesome so here is the episode once again welcome to quiz time india take a breath take a breath Omkar thank you so much for joining us on Quiz Time India it's a pleasure having you here the pleasure is mine Aditya uh, i must say that i've quite enjoyed listening to some of your podcast episodes i'm excited to be here and i want to see what you send my way uh it's a whole bunch of trivia that i have whole bunch of trivia new and old and uh, let me just uh, tell you about the format uh, you heard the episodes previous episodes so you have an idea but for those listeners who are joining us for the first time the format is very simple you and i will trade questions one by one i'll start off since i'm the host i'll ask you a question if you get the question if you know the answer then that's great that's awesome uh-huh. but if in case you require any hints you can ask me for hints and i'll give them okay and together by the end of this episode we all will get to know some new facts and through us even our audience will hopefully get some to know some new facts some new trivia some new food for thought does that make sense sounds good Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to this. Let's do it. All right. So the first question that I have for you was in the news quite recently. Oh god. Actually it's a old story. The old story starts on 29 July 1911. Okay. That was the day when Mohan Bagan, the famous Bengali football club, defeated East Yorkshire Regiment in the IFA Shield final. Uh-huh. This day is also called as the Mohan Bagan day. Mhm. So what happened was there was this IFA Shield. IFA is Indian Football Association. It started sometime in late 1890s. Mm-hmm. and for the longest time it was only british teams which were made up of british regiments who were playing this tournament mm-hmm. and they were winning so in 1911 it was sort of a lagan moment when an indian team went on to defeat the britishers and take the shield take the ifa shield it didn't just become a big day for indian football but also for the independence movement where indians thought we can defeat the british mm-hmm. so that was the story and this day became known as mohan bagan day this year mm-hmm. on 29th of july an unrelated and a unusual organization in america paid tribute to mohan bagan on a billboard which organization okay. you you've uh, bold me a googly on the very first question aditya it's okay let's see where your thoughts are going <laughs> what line of thought is there So it's a unusual well, not unusual in the way that I wouldn't relate it to football. Yeah, so uh when you say recent news and when you're saying an organization in the US paid tribute to Mohan Bagan which is a story of mm-hmm. how the colonizers were beaten at their own game by the people who they were colonizing. It somehow leads me to think about True. the Black Lives Matter protests that have been going on that have been gaining quite some momentum mm-hmm. in these past few weeks. So is that Uh, am i anywhere close near where i should be that's a, that's a really good connect that you have but unfortunately not right but i like how you <laughs> thought on that i like how you went with that i really liked that but that is not it is an organization based out of new york okay i'm calling it an organization for the lack of a better word here and oh, it is okay. something it's based out of new york and on a giant billboard they commemorated mohan bagan for some reason hmm uh <laughs> is this the indian expats group who who have now settled in uh, the us or or in new york something like that 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 could have made sense because you know mohan bagan is indian and indian patriotism is at a all time high but <laughs> uh okay let me just say this organization again i'm using the word organization loosely can be found all over the world in different variants hmm so also new york billboard if you could use that anywhere so every country has a variant of this organization again as I, as i said the word organization mm-hmm. is being used loosely so billboard uh, new york hmm organizations being very in a very loose sense of the term i don't know something to do with mm. music awards but i can't quite figure out how that would connect to mohan bagan was there did, yeah. did bapida at some mm. point write a song about mohan bagan winning over the british regiment i i think i'm completely lost here <laughs> i and that would be good trivia if he did so 
should i tell you the whole thing it is actually there is no hint that i can give you there is no connection between the two organizations between mohan bagan and the, <laughs> okay please put me out of my misery so random it is the stock exchange nasdaq stock exchange on the billboard at times square throughout the day they put mohan bagan's logo mohan bagan's color mohan bagan's throughout the day on 29 july 9 2020 for oh. some reason so that was the whole thing <laughs> Oh, I see, don't know. Now, and now the organization bit makes a lot of sense. Oh man, I should have. Because I should it's have not really an organization. It's a stock exchange, right? <laughs> I actually couldn't even give a hint, which could have been like an apt hint. I didn't know how to give a hint for a stock exchange. <laughs> I tried saying that every country has its own variant, but yeah, yeah, that I, was the closest I could come on that. I'm surprised I didn't catch that. on to that. And uh, that made me It think of like, uh, Indian mm-hmm. expats living abroad. But then I should have realized that maybe Indian expats are not present in every country of the world. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, made me work for it, but uh, very satisfying. Very satisfying. It is a worthy ball to lose your wicket to. <laughs> yeah. That's what the batsman says every time. Get out, <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do. Eh? We need to. We need to you think about to keeping our places in the team. It's true, true. So I was looking up uh, this uh, IFA Shield. As I said, Indian Football Association started in eighteen ninety three. 1911 is when an Indian team won for the first time and uh-huh. the thing about it is that post independence it kind of became a global league mm-hmm. so not only indian teams are participating in it but there has been a club called pas tehran fc which is from tehran that is iran which almost went on to win the tournament then there oh, was wow. one club from korea north korea <laughs> who participated one from armenia What? that is when it was soviet russia one uh-huh. from uruguay called penerol fc which apparently <laughs> is a multiple time south american champion wow. and finally in 2006 bayern munich the bayern munich one of the biggest clubs in the world their reserve yeah. team played in this tournament and they defeated east bengal in the final So it is the, one of the huge. most bizarre thing I've heard about <laughs> Indian football. <laughs> I did not know all of these teams came to play. Of course, I knew the fact that uh, Pele had at one point come uh, to India while he was representing Correct. the New York Cosmos, and I think Mohan mm. Bagan played them while he was here, and they managed to hold them to a draw. Don't quote me on that. Uh, my knowledge of sports quizzing is terrible. So 29 July that's the story there's even a website called 29 July 1911.in you can find a tiny movie about <laughs> the match you can find the whole t- team list and what all happened in the match and even something called the Mohan Bagan Ratna so it's like Bharat Ratna but Mohan Bagan's own version which they give wow. out to football players and cricketing celebrities so that was the story of Mohan Bagan on the Nasdaq billboard I I'm I'm actually looking forward to what the other questions you have in in store for me. You They, know, those those will be slightly simple. <laughs> okay, so here goes. Yeah. One of my big interests is Indian classical music and the sitar in particular and mm-hmm. we've had a whole mm-hmm. host of great sitarists who've worked who've toured the world uh, and it is because of their efforts along with a lot of other musical stalwarts is that Indian classical music became known to the world at large, right? Uh, okay. People like Pandit Ravi Shankar, Ustad Vilayat Khan, and Pandit Nikhil Banerjee, to name the most prominent trio of sitarists. 
my question okay is about the instrument that connected them all the sitar so acha if you've seen the sitar at the very bottom of mm. the instrument is a triangular part mm. made of bone or ivory which is used to hold uh, one end of all the strings in place so a sitar usually has one two four main strings three or four drone strings okay. and some anywhere between 9 okay. to 12 uh, sympathetic strings which just which which are not played actively they just resonate with what is being played on the main string so all okay. of these so many strings they are under tension and they are held at one end by this small triangular part made of bone or ivory okay so they are all held in place by this triangular part it gets its name most likely hmm. since it resembles another object so what is it called okay okay so the strings are held together by this triangular object thing structure and correct that bit gets its name from something else which it resembles correct so and i i'll give you this that something else that it remembers hmm. is also found found towards the bottom of lot of people's person oh so i'm imagining a, a sitar player like sitting right now so uh-huh. so the bottom bit of a sitar is this the massive like this dome kind of a thing yeah it, it's it's right? it's called a tumba and it's made out of a hollowed out pumpkin a wild bitter pumpkin yeah yeah, yeah. i've seen uh, some tiny documentary or video of how they make it so mm-hmm. is it is that the end where the ivory structure is or is it the other end which is slightly away from the player no 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 it's it's at the bottom of the tumba it's at the bottom just of the just like to understand mm-hmm. so nothing like a trikon kind of a logic behind it i'm assuming no not as simple as that not as simple as uh, and uh, the thing was it is found so uh, this thing which it resembles mm. might be found mm. towards the bottom on people's person it is something they would they would have worn oh is it like footwear i don't know near the feet N- not that not that uh, down low or maybe a little higher <laughs> something like underwear or something <laughs> you are in the right ballpark so now think of what kind of underwear looks trying oh. <laughs> because we are talking about an indian instrument this obviously has to have an indian <laughs> okay langot like a langot is it a langot langot is absolutely right well done well done this is langot wow i would have never imagined it i would have never guessed it but wow so it's called a langot brilliantly worked out aditya it is called a langot and i learned how to play sitar for a few years and mm. when i was just looking up what all of those parts were called okay. i just found this one random mm. bit called the langot on the wikipedia page and i was like hmm what why 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 the hell would something called a langot have anything to do with a musical instrument and this is what uh, turned up oh ah oh, that's interesting it's made out of it's made out of bone usually yeah it's made out of bone so uh, usually okay. sitar is made out of Uh, toon wood or uh, a different kinds of seed seasoned wood the bottom tumba is made out of a mm-hmm. special kind of pumpkin and uh, the mm-hmm. the bridge on way over which the strings pass they are usually made out of yeah. ivory back in the day uh, sometimes it's made out of oh. deer horn or buffalo horn sometimes mm-hmm. it's made out of rosewood uh, also camel bone oh 
the strings usually oh. pass over this bridge they have a lot of frets on which you can press mm. press them to generate different sounds and at the bottom end Correct. of the sitar is where they are all held together in one place by the langot i actually came to know about the whole pumpkin thing because of a quiz that i participated in it was i think uh, india wants to know host these zoom quiz and they had just right, put right, up right, a picture right, yeah. of this pumpkin plantation and asked what is happening in this picture that's how i got to know that it's pumpkins hollowed out pumpkins which make the base of the tumba of the sitar so yeah moving on to the next question okay so yeah. this question starts with the producers at universal pictures each of them read the book over the course of a single night and the next mm-hmm. morning they all agreed that this was the most exciting thing that they have ever read okay so they all these producers at universal pictures back in the day read a single book all of them together over one night and morning all of them were blown away and they were like this is the best thing we have read now something else main theme of this film was a simple alternating pattern of two notes variously identified mm-hmm. as either e and f or f and f sharp e and f or f and f sharp mm-hmm. and this tiny bit of music became a classic piece of suspense music synonymous with approaching danger and the composer described okay. the theme as grinding away at you and he also went on to describe it as instinctual relentless and unstoppable what movie are we talking about what book are we talking about hmm i think i have some idea of what we are talking about here i'm not entirely sure about the mm-hmm. title of the book but uh, the movie okay. would be jaws absolutely this is right. the uh, theme that plays right. when the shark is approaching yes absolutely this is the theme of the movie it's a very simple theme as i say not much in it but it just catches the suspense quite well composed by john williams if i'm not mistaken yes absolutely composed by john williams and uh, of course uh, directed by steven spielberg and it is the theme if i may say so that catches a person's attention since the shark doesn't appear for most of the movie it doesn't even make a appearance till most of the movies or at least some 45 minutes of the movie so it's so it's just crazy the theme which builds up the tension yeah yeah those two tiny bits of music which lead to this building sense of yeah. tension and foreboding and suddenly when it all comes crashing down the impact is immense yeah true i may have come uh, i may have heard this very theme at some point earlier but i didn't really recognize it as the jaws mm-hmm. theme but uh, a year mm-hmm. or two back i was watching this mm-hmm. uh, movie called the holiday which stars jack black mm-hmm. kate winslet jude law and cameron diaz and in okay. that jack black plays a hollywood music composer and kate winslet plays mm-hmm. a reporter from london who's come to holiday to los angeles during christmas break mm-hmm. and they meet and hit it off obviously because it's a movie mm-hmm. so he keeps telling her about all of these amazing movie scores that she absolutely has to watch and listen to and okay. the way you described it is almost exactly the way he describes it in the movie so when you were actually talking about it oh. i was like oh man wait <laughs> i know this i've heard this at some point 
It's at the tip of my tongue. If I just bloody can recall where I've heard this, I'll get the answer. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Great, yeah, great. It's your turn now. Please ask your question. Make it easy, hopefully. Aditya, before I ask a question, uh, yeah. How big of an engineering buff are you? <laughs> I cleared engineering in four and a half years. <laughs> What does that tell you? <laughs> that tells me that you are more of an engineer than most people. You spent half a year extra. True, I enjoyed so it so much that I gave half an year extra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please go on. Okay. I think I think you'll appreciate this one regardless. Okay, so. There's this British uh, mechanical engineer called Sir Christopher Cockerell, mm-hmm. and he discovered mm-hmm. a principle uh, while he was fiddling around with two concentric tin cans. One was a coffee can, and the other one was a cat food can. And he was mm-hmm. playing around with them and a hair dryer. So what he discovered, mm-hmm. he called it a momentum curtain. Mm-hmm. The effect. Uh, he would later go on to successfully put a skirt around it. and uh, he tried to mm-hmm. present it to the armed forces the military but they would they were not having any of it he conducted a few demonstrations mm. but the military uh, just seemed to not be very interested in what he was trying to get funding for yeah what did he put around it a skirt like the piece of clothing a skirt so what he built finds use now not only mm. for military applications but also in disaster relief in surveying and in transportation So okay. what is he credited with developing the modern version of interesting mm-hmm. So Mr Christopher Cockrell is the name if I'm not mistaken Yes So Christopher Cockrell he he took two tin cans a coffee and a cat food can and he had a uh-huh. blow dryer Yeah the, uh, a hair dryer a blow dryer And then he put a a hair dryer yeah and then he put a skirt around it What can you? When you said the two tin cans, my first thought was maybe something to do with you know that whole put a thread and you can speak the vibrations going around. But I don't think that right. is what it is. Then you that said the uh, hair dryer and a skirt. I thought of Marilyn Monroe, but I don't think it's there <laughs> either. I like how your mind Now works. Connects the two. <laughs> That's why it took me four and a half years to complete engineering. But yeah. Yeah yeah you I can see you've totally enjoyed it. So it's still in use it's used in disaster relief it is used in uh what else transportation it used uh, it's used for transportation uh, I think they use it to transport uh, people and cars across the English channel sometimes. Oh it's also in use okay. by uh, the militaries across the world because they can use it to navigate various kinds of terrain. I am quite So is it a actual from what you said I'm gathering that it's an actual vehicle of sorts it's not a principle that we're talking about it's an actual thing on which people travel is that right correct it's an actual vehicle uh-huh. it's an actual vehicle and the principle which he called the momentum curtain mm. is what uh, forms the uh-huh. fundamental basis of this vehicle's operation so now think about is it, where uh, this principle a momentum curtain 
Yeah, but but think about what he was fiddling around with when he discovered it. D- did the blow dryer sort of work as a propeller of sorts, pushing the tin cans forward? Sort of, yes. Sort of. Hmm. I wonder what it could be. It's again a momentum curtain. He called it. Hmm. What what could it be? Is there any hint which is possible? Yeah. So uh, the hint is that it is uh, this vehicle. It can be. It can be used over land. It can be used over water. Oh. It can be used over marshy uh, terrain. Yeah. So yeah, in that yeah. sense, it is I, an all-terrain vehicle. Yeah, I thought of it. Uh, I don't remember the name. It's called. Omni, let me let no, me try giving a... you another hint. Let me try giving you another yeah. hint. Uh, it is like a dainty Disney princess in some sort because it does not really. Touch the surface. It's walking. It just glides hovercraft. Uh, above it very gracefully. Hovercraft. Absolutely right. This is indeed uh, the hovercraft. hovercraft. Oh, and, and the, the was, rubber yeah. thing that seems to be going around it—that is called the skirt. Ah. Oh wow. Because that is what uh, keeps the curtain of air, which keeps it afloat, protected. Oh, I've actually not given much thought to a hovercraft. How it, it does it actually hover? Like. Does it stay elevated Absolutely, or something? Yes. Or it is. It is. Ah, I've actually. Oh, another thing that I learned today. <laughs> Some great questions, yar. Where are you getting these questions from? <laughs> you should join hands with me. We should host this podcast together. <laughs> so, are you ready for your next question? Yes, sir. Bring it on. Now, Neet. Okay, I'm going on a limb here. I'm giving you a big hint in the beginning itself. If you get this, okay. then rest of the question is quite easy. Navneet okay. is apparently the Sanskrit name for this product. Now comes the question. So the story is that British Army realized that its troops needed this product and built the basic infrastructure required for it. Okay. Kaira is a district of what is now Gujarat. and gujarat was one such place where okay. this basic infrastructure was developed now from mm-hmm. gujarat we move to bombay a young parsi mm-hmm. named pestanji edulji dalal age mm-hmm. 13 he was quite young 13 year old the year was 19 1888 by the way he was 13 year old and he realized the mm-hmm. need for this product so mm-hmm. pestanji who had adopted this nickname polly since it sounded more british mm-hmm. what he did mm-hmm. he procured the raw ingredients from kaira and manufactured the product under the brand name polson because his name was polly so he made it polson to make it sound a little more formal substantial yeah and then he used the indian railways to send his product all across the country and mm-hmm. within no time he developed a monopoly in the market on this product but he had one problem that the raw materials that he used to get used to be unrefrigerated for days and that uh-huh. used to give the product a real distinct flavor mm-hmm. many years mm-hmm. later one of post independence india's biggest success stories replaced polson from the market as the market leader but by mm-hmm. then the market which is us indians we were so used to polson's distinct flavor that this Overtaker also had to make a change to their product so that it was similar to Paulson's. What am mm-hmm. I talking about? Who replaced Paulson's, and what was so distinct about Paulson's? What is all this story about? 
and obviously you have the hint which i gave in the beginning that navneet is the sanskrit name for this product right right so uh yes when when you just said navneet to begin with and you said i'm giving you a big hint there and the mm-hmm. my mind just started racing in all sorts of directions thinking isn't devanand's film production company called navneet or am That's i mistaking it for something oh my god <laughs> yeah see i've got the first two letters right i'll take credit for it <laughs> yeah but then there is this whole story of parsi boy yeah, called this whole story Polly. of parsi boy called uh, polly or pastenji edulji hmm pastenji edulji dalal pastenji edulji dalal and he goes on to found uh, polsons who mm-hmm. gets his raw product from kaira in gujarat mm-hmm. and becomes the market leader but True. the post independence success story replaces him but has to make a change in their own product because people mm-hmm. love polsons they've grown used to polsons at that point exactly exactly okay i'm not going to lie your hint saying sanskrit name for this product help big time mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know uh, a lot of Sanskrit, but uh, I know some Marathi music, some some Marathi music, and uh, okay. in one of those songs, one of those classic songs which I grew up listening to, my mother used to sing this. Uh, okay, it goes something like Parabrahmanishkamtoha Gauri Ancha Ghari Vaate Vakya Vale Andu Krishna Navnita Chori, which something. I think you're on the right track with my rudimentary Marathi. I think you're on the right track. <laughs> Yeah so it sort of translates as uh, the the lord has uh, taken birth at the mm-hmm. house of a milk milkmaid or a, at the house of a cowherd mm-hmm. and while adorned in bracelets and anklets he was mm-hmm. about stealing butter yes so when you said navneet is the sanskrit name for this product i immediately went back down that memory lane and went oh yeah this has got to be something to do with butter so i'm yes. going to quote on a slight limb and say Paulsons was the market leader in butter but because he Correct. used to get unrefrigerated milk and cream from Gujarat it yes. sort of became sour and as a result uh, maybe people didn't like the sour rancid taste so he had to uh, do something wait mm-hmm. uh, and and amul had to replicate that is what you said right so you you were right so it was it is a story about butter and since he couldn't keep it refrigerated so it used to turn uh-huh. a bit sour and people across right. the country got used to that sourness now when mm-hmm. amul made their butter it was fresh but people still right. craved that sourness that not the sourness but the taste of it so amul mm-hmm. to replicate that made butter salted butter which is why the amul is slightly salty in taste because that is ah, the kind of taste ah. which paulsons had otherwise across the world if you see we get unsalted butter but here in india yeah butter yeah, is yeah, yeah. salted butter butter is amul and the reason is because paulson ka butter kharab ho jata tha and to replicate that the taste still <laughs> stayed with us for some reason but it is the, that was the whole story of it quite interesting yeah it's like quite interesting as in just because people are used to something someone true. who has actually developed a better uh, supply chain a better refrigerated mm-hmm. supply chain a better quality product essentially yeah 
yeah a better quality product essentially absolutely right you have to sort of mimic what the person who came before you was doing because that is what people have grown up eating that's what people crave that is what people want exactly it's a classic example of the demand dictating the product if there ever could be that is <laughs> and this is even yeah. till this day even till this day i mean western cheese and polsons are nowhere but the legacy continues the fact that we are still having amul butter the salty butter as our default de facto butter okay i think uh, i've got something to follow it up very nicely this question is about indian food according to food writer victim vikram doctor one reason for mm-hmm. a particular characteristic of indian cooking is the fact that coal was not available to the general populace until the 18th mm-hmm. century so obviously cooking gas mm-hmm. came much much later and the supply even then was not very reliable came uh, mm-hmm. coal came around the 18th century when deposits in the northeast started to be mined but until then mm-hmm. and even after that a more commonly mm-hmm. available source of fuel was used which led to the widespread use of a certain cooking technique almost universally across india so uh, okay. what cooking technique are we talking about hmm. so coal is not in the picture obviously there is no petroleum or natural gas products so i can Correct. only think of two things that are used for cooking one is wood mm-hmm. and the other would be using dung cow dung or things like that they used yep. to make cakes of cow dung and burn those again yep. high source of carbon i remember as me so mm-hmm. is it okay tell me is it to do with the in, uh, not the ingredient the material used or is it the equipment used that we are looking at so it is more uh, so there is, obviously there is some element of the equipment that is used uh, you'd use both mm-hmm. of these fuels in a traditional clay chulha because that was the mm-hmm. method exactly. of cooking for for most families across the country but from a cooking mm-hmm. technique point of view it also led to okay. a certain style of cooking for example if you look at uh, say a western grill house or a western steak house you would have this very nicely mm-hmm. caramelized steak very nicely seared steak and then it is mm-hmm. subject to various surfaces various cooking temperatures various cooking times so all of that combines yeah. to give you that a uh, superbly caramelized crust and medium rare in- interior and a flavor and a lot of flavor so similarly in india from a cooking technique point of view this availability of cow dung as fuel led to mm-hmm. a common characteristic in the way we cook food so what are we talking about from the top of my head the only there's only one word going around which is tadka so, but i don't think that fits <laughs> no that uh, that's not what we're looking at so uh, just think about how the cow dung cakes would burn right and compare it with how say coal would mm. burn people could have perhaps made charcoal out of wood to use for cooking but making charcoal is time consuming and if they were making time charcoal mm. maybe they could have used it for other applications which required higher heating such as metal working such as blacksmithing yeah so instead they they opted to use cow dung which does not burn as hot as coal mm. so as a result we have something which is quite common to, in indian food what we do which uses less heat what could it be i'm curious also though <laughs> what could it be <laughs> i'm thinking into type of vessels we use i'm thinking uh, maybe is it like something like a biryani like a one pot thing where we just make everything in one is it a khichdi so a khichdi definitely 
would fall under this category of dishes that utilize the sort of technique cooking technique that we are talking about here khichdi even biryani hmm dum dum so- i i think i'll give it to you at this point because you are almost there and uh, there is no one specific exact correct answer hmm. so okay. what this boils down to is that because cow dung burns at a low sort of a flame low steady sort of a heat mm-hmm. we don't have very okay. rapid cooking uh, in india we usually tend to have okay. slow and low cooking over low heat for long longer durations and essentially okay. all of this happens uh, by l- boiling or simmering inside a pot so if you yes. think about uh, dishes like say haleem or dum biryani mm. all of these are a lot yeah, of the times yeah. they are cooked overnight over over dying True. embers or coal so that even if you don't have a very high energy dense fuel like coal you can still manage to cook it uh, such such that it is really tender and juicy and flavorful while making use of the fuel that you have all right so my last question for today okay. my last question for today is we common thing that we are talking about so mm-hmm. it starts with nils bolin that is n i l s b o h l i n a swedish mechanical engineer he worked mm-hmm. at volvo from a long time from 1958 to 1985 okay. prior to working at volvo he worked at saab that is s a a b as a aircraft designer and he helped design ejection seats for fighter aircrafts okay that was his previous profile now mm-hmm. at volvo he was responsible for the development of a special project okay for which volvo received a painted number which is 343625 okay. that is just additional information although volvo could have made millions of dollars from this patent they opened the patent for public use Okay. They felt that this invention was too significant and that it had more value than the profit that it would have generated. Uh-huh. What is this invention? What is this patent behind which is Niels Bohlen, the Swedish mechanical engineer? Uh, okay. So I know that uh, Volvo as a brand of automobiles is very well known for its safety Uh, for its safety features so just just tell me if this has okay. anything to do with that ballpark or if i should if i'm completely off track here absolutely in the right area okay uh so a few things come to mind it could either be uh, anti lock like anti skid braking or um it could be uh, mm-hmm. your crumple zones when cars actually crash into each other so that that specific zone of the car crashes mm. and the passengers are saved or airbags oh wait 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 uh mm. what did you say the time was he worked at volvo from 1958 to 85 okay uh, i don't know if uh any of my guesses actually would make sense from a timeline perspective but okay let me go ahead with the uh, airbags he he developed airbags for uh, the the company and uh, his experience of working with it wasn't airbags oh so i was working of the fact that he designed ejector seats for planes uh, hmm. no it wasn't airbags though hmm. okay so the only other guess which i'm now <laughs> sort of taking <laughs> myself for for not going with mm-hmm. in the first place is seat belts then is it that it 
is actually seat belts oh damn and the thing is it is sort of sort of seat belts so seat belts were invented much much earlier okay but okay seat belts were invented much much earlier but niels bolin did a change to it or an improvement can you tell me what improvement it was let's make a question inside a question yeah. <laughs> this would be the three point seat belt which we now find in almost all cars everywhere exactly brilliant that is the three point seat belt that he came up with and that was the one for which they received volvo received patent number 343625 and they made it open to public for use and didn't make much money but saved a whole lot of lives wow well done it brilliant so i uh, two related tangents if if uh, i may mm-hmm. indulge in some tangential thinking here what i came across while reading about uh, safety measures and risk and minimizing risk uh, recently was that once mm-hmm. all of these safety measures become available as newer and better safety measures become available people tend to become a little more reckless mm-hmm. with their driving because earlier when you don't didn't have seat belts mm-hmm. people knew that if they crash mm-hmm. they would lose their life for certain but now that we have airbags mm-hmm. and uh, seat belts that sort of gives people a false sense of security mm-hmm. and it it normalizes risk taking which is why we see slightly riskier driving so even if cars on average have become safer driving practices may not have become so that is one thing that i found quite interesting about that line of thinking the other thing was when you said is there some research done on that like i think i think there is i think there is so uh, oh. the the popular uh, anecdote yeah. goes that if you want people to drive very very carefully instead of giving them all of these mm. seat belts and safety equipment you should just put a sharp spike in the middle of the steering wheel <laughs> and that will ensure they corner very carefully they don't brake too hard they don't drive too fast because they can see death staring them in the face no one would want to risk that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the other tangent was i think about a year year and a half back tesla made all of its mm-hmm. patents related to electrical drives and electrical mm-hmm. systems open to anyone who wanted to use them in a post that said all our patents are belong to you correct 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 i remember reading about that elon musk had, and since he's been supporting open source and everything and suddenly this guy comes out with all the patents are for public use yeah yeah so right, that's what right. that's what uh, the story of volvo also making this patent free for everyone reminded me of so well done you got it right three point seat belt is what it was <laughs> all right so on that note comes uh, the time for your final question and this one is for our audience so as is the tradition as the ritual you ask a question and the audience members can listen to the question and then they can send in their replies to us at At the rate Quiz Time India on Instagram, that is the main account. At the rate Quiz Time India, that is for the podcast, and then there is other accounts which is at the rate Podcast Studio Forty One, which is on Twitter and Instagram, and finally Studio Forty One on Facebook. So, Omkar, please take it away. Tell us what your question is. Okay because we've been talking about cars uh, for a little while I think uh, it makes sense for me to ask this question and end on this note. So 
the James Bond film Casino Royale features a scene where uh, James Bond is trying to follow the villain who's called Le Chiffre okay and in one scene mm. he glances at his Sony Ericsson phone is huge product placement back in the very blatant product placement back in the day but he glances at his Sony Ericsson phone and on the screen he can see a pointed icon that shows in which direction he is heading and also an interactive map to give him some sense of bearing to give him some sense of where his destination is so a fellow by the name of okay. Garrett Camp watched this and it stuck with him mm-hmm. a few years later he would remember this while thinking of his travel woes while he was living in San Francisco okay all of this put all of this together led to the birth of something that a lot of us may have made use of so what did it lead to the birth of so i'll just repeat all the facts you can tell me if i'm wrong okay uh, one guy called garrett if i'm not mistaken garrett camp correct garrett camp was watching casino royale he saw james bond takes out his uh, sony ericsson phone mm-hmm. and he gets a sort of like a map of where he is and where if his mm-hmm. car is possibly and mm-hmm. garrett gets an idea garrett is from san francisco and garrett develops something which all of us might have used at some point of the other correct and that was this week's question if you think you know the answer all you have to do is hit us up on instagram that is @quiztimeindia or you can also reach out to our other account on instagram same handle on twitter @podcaststudio41 or on facebook which is studio41 these are the ways in which you can get hold of us and win yourself a sweet prize which of course is a book so that's all for now this is me aditya signing off thank you for your time you can thank me for mine goodbye